Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's get into the Word tonight. We're in Acts chapter 7. We finished up Acts chapter 6 last week. Now remember, this is Stephen. He was a, basically, scripturally, he was a deacon. He was full of the Holy Spirit and power and wisdom. And the apostles laid hands on him and some other men. And he was, he was just a guy serving at the church. But he was full of power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture says though folks would argue with him, but they could not resist his arguments because he was led by the Holy Spirit. Well, in, excuse me, in doing so, he upset some people. All right? And so I'm going to just give you a blast from the past. We're going to stay right there on the verse, but I'm going to read a verse from chapter 6. It says, so they persuaded some, wait, you know what? None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen. How many of you know that's just like the enemy? enemy any means necessary. Can't beat a man. Let's, let's get him injured. Let's lie about him. Let's create a story. Let's blow up some fake thing. Let's do some fake news, whatever you want to call it. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of religious law, so they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. And that's where we are. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these accusations true? And they don't want to know the truth. They just want to condemn him. This was Stephen's reply. It's a long reply. I don't think we're going to get through all of it tonight. We might. He's giving, he goes into, he lapses into a history of the Jewish people. Very fascinating because it summarizes the Jewish people and God's covenant with them in, in one chapter. All right? So this was Stephen's reply. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia. Mesopot before he settled in Haran. Mesopotamia could be Iraq, Iran area. So you say, man, is that exact? It's, it's in that general area, okay? Uh, they call it the cradle of civilization. Some have called it the fertile crescent. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. God began speaking to Abraham when they were pagan. What is pagan? They worshiped other gods. They did not worship God. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans, Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. He's speaking to the Jewish people. Say, man, how is this pertinent or relevant to me? Keep listening. This is powerful. This is a story of God's promises. This is a story of God's faithfulness. This is a story of God keeping his word to his people. Now you are his people because of Jesus, just like the Jewish people originally were his people. But I must be clear tonight. There's something out there called replacement theology. You say, man, I may, not, I may not even be sure what that is. Repl replacement theology says we have taken Israel's place. God's done with them. That is not true. You read in the New Testament and the epistles, Scripture says God wants to unite Israel and us into one new person, one new man, the body of Christ. If God was done with them, then why was Christianity originally Jewish? Ever wondered that? God came in the form of a Jewish man. He was Jewish. He wasn't Latin. Some say, no, I think he may have been a black guy. He was, no, he had blonde hair and blue eyes. No, he was Jewish. I don't know what color his eyes were, but I really don't think he was blonde-haired and blue-eyed, just for the record. 
I don't think so. I need everybody to know that. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I doubt Jesus looked like me even. I look like a mix, but I don't think he looked like me. I think he looked straight up Jewish. Wavy hair, nice dark beard, dark complexion, working out in the sun. Um, I think it was Josephus or another author said he did have lighter eyes, but I don't believe he was blonde-haired and blue-eyed. I just don't. So God revealed himself to the Jews and through the Jews. Are you with me? And When Jesus came and died, all the disciples, remember, all the disciples, as far as we know, were Jewish. Jesus didn't even leave that area of Israel, northern Israel, and up, he, he didn't leave that area. In Galilee, Jesus was there. Jesus never went to France. Let me go ahead and say some other stuff. There's some lies out there, and this is straight-up lies. What is that, the Da Vinci Code? We, yeah, don't laugh. The Da Vinci Code? That was basically saying that Jesus had a kid with Mary Magdalene. The Merovingian dynasty. That is not true. He was God. He was God. He will always be God. He didn't do that. There's no proof or evidence of that. They say, man, though, the Da Vinci Code is the way Jesus and Mary are in that picture of the disciples. Come on, man, you're reaching. Because if that's true, then he's not, he's not a good God and he's not a perfect God and a holy God. All right? The God you serve, he's above all that. He did not marry Mary Magdalene or have children with her. All right? I just need to throw that out there while we're on the subject. But God revealed himself through his people. He died, rose again in perfect holiness, Revealed himself again physically to many, and then he went up to be at the right-hand side of the Father. And now we see that Christianity at its inception was very, very Jewish. At some points, Jews were, were, historically speaking, were persecuted in the name of Christ. Even Hitler, strange, strange, bizarre theology. Hitler, Hitler said, it's unfortunate that Jesus was Jewish. And then the Germans began to attack the Jews. One of their reasons was they said, you killed Christ. Well, that sounds stupid. Jesus had to die. It's terrible. But we all killed Jesus. Our sins all nailed him to the cross, okay? I don't know why I'm going back this far back today, but look, you've got to remember, initially, the Orthodox Judaism led into Christianity, the Christianity of Jesus, who we believe Jesus is. Jesus was Jewish. It was done there in that area in the Middle East, Israel, and that area. And it was done for a purpose there. And originally, the original missionaries were all Jewish. The original. Okay? Then after that, it became, Scripture promised that I, I have a light for the Gentiles. Pro, I mean, we may have some Jewish blood in here. Most likely, most of us are Gentiles. A Gentile is non-Jewish. All right? It's anyone who is not Jewish. But guess what? Scripture says we were engrafted. We've been tied into the Jewish branch now by faith in Jesus. All the promises of the Old Testament, there are ours and more. Scripture says we have a better covenant now. And that covenant is for everyone. Someone say everyone. Everyone. Jews, Latinos, of all kind, of all colors, black, white, yellow, green, whatever. Bald-headed, dreads, red hair, beards, no beards, whatever. That promises to you and your children, Scripture says. And the problem was many, many of the Jewish folks, and you're seeing it here, they were missing it. Some of the priests and some of the, the establishment at that time, they were missing it. They, they still didn't get it that Jesus was the one. Jesus was the one they were waiting for. 
But God still has hope for Israel. Scripture says in one day they will be saved. I don't know exactly what that verse means, if it means one literal day, or if it means real quickly, or if it means 24 hours, or all at once. There will be a huge revival and millions of Jewish people will get saved. I don't know, but God is not done with his people. They are the original you got to honor God's people. Say, man, I've known some Jews and they were atheists. That's all right. You still treat them with respect. Scripture says respect everyone. And I know we've all been there. You say, man, you got to earn my respect or I have no respect for him. I know what you mean, but treat everyone with respect, even if they're irritating. All right. So Stephen, he's going into the story of the Jews, and this is very important because this is the beginning of our covenant with God. Abraham is the father of faith. Scripture says he's our father if we believe as well, okay? So he's the father of faith, and if Abraham's the father of our faith as well, even as believers who believe in Jesus the Messiah, we've got to know history here. Some people say, I just, I'll just do the New Testament. No, you won't have an understanding, a complete understanding of God's purpose for mankind, and the span of his history and his timeline and his plan and purpose and design if you don't know about the Old Testament as well, okay? And some of you, I know, some of you, man, had great intentions maybe within the last year, and your Bible reading died in Leviticus. I know. Good intentions. So, man, I'm going to read. And then you're like, man, they got to kill a dove, and there's blood, and then there's a priest, and then we, we wash something in a basin. What is all this for? A large part of what the Old Covenant was for was to show us man it's complicated without jesus isn't it you can't please god without jesus that's what the old testament was for apart from jesus good luck good luck right apart from jesus no you just man how do we do it you know what pleases god faith and when you believe you say i'm gonna love god and i'm gonna love other people you say pastor matt you're always talking about that it's what he gave us that's how I look at my actions and know if I've done things in love or not in love. Even recently, the last week, today, God has been dealing with me in certain areas that that was not done in love. You could have done way better with that. I love getting up here and telling on myself. I am not bulletproof. I am not one of those that, man, I, I just don't mess up. No, I do. But you know what I'm good at? I'm good at being real and being humble at some point sometimes it takes me a while because i deal with pride just like anyone else say well no that wasn't my fault no time to humble ourselves is it better to be right or to be right with people is it better to be right or think you're right or be right with god uh-huh yeah we don't we don't understand it all but here this is this is very very good background for you this is the history of your faith. But God gave him no inheritance here. He's still talking about Abraham. Not even one square foot of land. I, I got to interject here. About a month ago, I ran across something. They were selling one square foot of land in Scotland so that if you bought it, they would make you royalty. Have you seen that junk before? And it's a bunch of bull. It's cute and it's a good idea. But supposedly you don't even, they don't even sell out deeds for one square foot of land in Scotland. But they can make you royalty. I'd try a Scottish accent, but I need some practice. Interesting. Not even one square foot of land. So it's, God gave him no inheritance here. This is Abraham, the father of the faith. God promised him. God said, your descendants will be like the stars. Everywhere you set foot, that's yours. But he didn't even get one square foot of it. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land, what? 
would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. Isn't that just like God? God promises you something through an impossibility. I've had that before. I remember that when God, we just felt, Jen and I felt God was promising us a house. This was in 2010. God started really speaking to us about it. We were living in Shadow Ridge condominiums there on Sanger. And God began, we felt, no, this is, this is God's promise for us to get our own house. Have our own house, our own yard. Privacy, a neighborhood, have a dog, you know. Raise kids, we're still believing God for kids. But that's, we felt that was God's promise. And I remember at the time, 2010, 2011, there are even well-meaning people around us going, well, houses are so expensive. I'm like, you you got that right. We went to look at them, and it, stuff would be expensive. And I was going, 130000 for something that seemed like it was falling apart back then. This is in 2011. And I remember thinking, I, my first house that I bought, 2011, uh, 14 years before that, was $10,000 in Hobbs. 10000 I remember I told somebody that, that I bought a house for 10000 They said, did it have a roof on it? I said, yeah, it did. I just turned 21. I was a few months into 21, and a guy said, look, 1000 down, 200 a month, 10% interest. I said, sold. I had to borrow the down payment, though. But I got it, man, and I started to buy houses at that time. But I remember thinking, 2011, once again, going, this, you know, Lord, I never said it, but I think I kind of thought it. You ever thought that? Even though God's promised you some stuff, you say, how's this going to happen? But then God even gathered people around us that began to help us, even monetarily, to be able to get the house. He showed us the right house. We qualified credit-wise. And we even qualified for more than what we got, but we were semi-wise at that time, said, uh-uh, we don't want that payment. We'll take this, though. We want this house. And we believed through impossibility. God promised Abraham, and it sounded impossible. He's in his 70s, in his 80s, in his 90s, and he's still waiting on God's promise. He didn't even have a son yet. You're going to be the father of many nations. He's like, where? But then at one point, God took Abraham out of his tent and said, you see all these stars? You can't even count them all. You ever been out in the dark, in the really dark away from lights? And the stars are magnificent. There's, there's, different, um, there's different thoughts on this, but some believe that you can see up to what? Three or 4,000 stars with the naked eye, I believe depending where you are on the planet and how clear it is. And even that, you'd lose count. It's hard to count, right? And you know there's way more than that. But he said, all oh, this is going to belong to you, Abraham, even though he didn't have children yet. Let's go on to the next one. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Wow, that is interesting. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God said. God had a purpose. God took them to Egypt, I believe, as 70 people. Is that accurate? Turned them into probably 3 million. We're not sure. Some say 6 million. But they were in the most powerful nation in the world at that time, Egypt. You know where the pyramids are? We still can't figure out how they built the pyramids. Can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. People said aliens did it. Others said demons did it. Others said humans did it. They rolled those big old things on logs. I'm like, I don't know if the log theory is working. I don't know blocks that we don't have machinery now to be able to move and put in place. They did it thousands of years ago. I don't know if the Jews were part of some of that. Some of the pyramids, I believe, were there before the Jews, if you study history. 
but they went to the greatest, most powerful nation on earth, grew big, and then God brought judgment on the nation that enslaved them. And in the end, he said, they will come out and worship me here in this place. That was hundreds of years before. This guy had a grasp of, of Jewish history. He had, a, he had a grasp of the covenant. Stephen, God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. That is interesting. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. That practice is used in America now even for health reasons. They circumcise the male child on the eighth day after their birth. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob and when Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs, which are the 12 tribes, right, of the Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph. Oh man, Stephen is preaching a sermon, isn't he? He is, he is breaking down some history. He said, man, he's doing it because those guys didn't know this. No, they knew this history, but he's going somewhere. We may not get there tonight, but he's headed somewhere. This is a uh, semi-long chapter, so I don't, I don't think we're going to get through all of it tonight. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. Can I stop here? Has, in your studies of the Old Testament, this is encouraging to me. Have you ever noticed how dysfunctional the families were that God brought blessing into the world through? Jealousy, fighting, that's my favorite kid. Just problems. People say, no, King David was a man after God's own heart. Oh, he was, but he was a terrible dad. King David was a rotten dad. He had one son that he really invested in, and he turned out okay for a while, Solomon. The rest, one, one, of, the, one of his sons who tried to crown himself king, he was Absalom's brother there. He said, Scripture says he was never at, at any one time even asked, hey, what are you doing? That's all my dad did was, what are you guys doing? Right? This kid was never corrected. Corrected. What was that? Abide? I don't remember his name. Anybody? I went blank on his name. Starts with an A, and it's a Jewish name. But we see that David wasn't even a good dad, but God brought blessings through him. Great blessing. Hey, Abraham, I'm going to go ahead and say Abraham was probably a pretty, pretty good dad. The mistake he made was having a baby with Hagar at his wife's request. Men, if your wife ever tells you, go ahead and have a baby with someone else so we can have a child, do not do that. I'm just saying. That was a big mistake. He should have said no. And then because after that, then, then, then Sarah blamed him said, look at the slave girl. And I'm sure she was young. If y'all ever seen any movies about this, Abraham and all that, the slave girl, they all have this pretty real young girl. And then Sarah's going, look, she's making fun of me. She's mocking me. Get her out of here. So at one point, Abraham had to cast out Ishmael, who became the father of the Arabs. And they've been fighting ever since, Arabs and Jews. Look into that historically. Jealousy. I can't say I blame the Arabs. They're bummed out, man. That's bad. Their father was cast out by their grandpappy, my grandpa used to say. So these patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, very dysfunctional, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. I know some of y'all thought about doing some crazy things to your siblings, but can you imagine selling them as a slave? My grandpa Treadwell and them were crazy. Here's what they did. I remember grandpa Treadwell told us some stories. He was a little boy. He was the baby, so his older brothers were jealous of him. They said, come here, Maurice. They called him Maurice. That was his middle name. They said, look through this fence right here. We're going to give you a prize. I don't know how they didn't put his eye out. To the day he died, Grandpa Treadwell had very nice skin. He lived to be 91. He was slick. You see where I get it? Slicker than me. But 
man, he had beautiful skin, no wrinkles hardly at all at 91, but he had a scar under his eye. And Grandpa would tell that story. He said his brothers got him, one held him on the other side of the fence, and he's looking through a hole, and the other brother got a slingshot. Can you imagine? Siblings. Period. But they sold their brother into slavery. That's, I, don't, I think that tops it all. But God was behind it. How many know God was behind it? All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Right now you're going through some crazy stuff. You say, there's no way good can come out of this. Yeah, even in your mistakes, if you'll seek God and repent and be humble, he's going to work it out for your benefit. But God was with him. Where? And rescued him from all his troubles. This is Joseph. Wow, this is a and Joseph's story. you got to read it again. It's so powerful. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Some historians believe that Joseph was Emotep. Never heard of Emotep? They say he lived to be about the age of Joseph. They believe he may have even designed pyramids. I don't know if that's true. They believe he designed pillars. So, there's, some, there's some real like, uh, some similarities in their lives between Joseph and Emotep. Also, this is not publicized much, but supposedly, several years back, there was a relic found. It was uh, in antiquity there. They were on an archaeological dig, and they found some kind of a medallion or an inscription or something that said, Emotep, House of Jacob. Crazy. Could have could have been Joseph. Look into Emotep sometime. He's even in the mummy movies, I think. But that you know, that's that ain't how it goes. <laughs> it wasn't like that. So kind of interesting movies, but a mummy coming back to life, but he was scared of cats. <laughs> think about that for a minute. A lot of the Mexicanos I've been around in my life, they're like, cats are of the devil. I'm all the mummy thought so too. <laughs> all right. So God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that what? So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. I love that story because Joseph was wrongly accused by Potiphar. He went to prison. Then he was left in charge of the prison, and then he gave someone some dreams. They got out. They forgot about him. And then one of the guys who survived Pharaoh's wrath said, Oh, I remember my sin and my failure today. There's a guy who translates dreams and visions. God speaks through him. I don't remember everything that he said. And so Pharaoh, they shaved him and bathed him and brought him out of the prison. He stood before Pharaoh. He gave Pharaoh a translation of the dreams and said, Go ahead and put someone wise over over." you know, Egypt to help you. And Pharaoh said, who would be wiser than you? And by the way, you've arrived today and here's a wife for you. Does she please you? Here's a wife. And now you're our second in command of Egypt, the most powerful nation in the history of the world at that time. Doesn't always happen that way. But boy, when it does. I love it when it's, I was talking to two of the staff today. I love it when it's in the right order. Say the right order. Yeah, you receive the blessing of God after he's worked on your character. Celebrity? Celebrity's dangerous, huh? All these NBA players, you say, man, they're, they're so dumb, these NBA players or these NFL players. and uh, Hey, and you say, well, which ones have messed up? Man, folks of all backgrounds, they make it 
And they came from poor families. They came from the streets. They, and they get into the NBA and NFL and get so much money and mess up and do all kinds of stuff. Well, they didn't have no character, did they? They didn't get no character. But it's awesome when God's building your character and you do it the right way. And it takes time like Joseph. And then he blesses you along the way. And by the time you get the blessing, you're up here. You know, because it's, it's terrible to get up here and then to fall. Because the higher you get, the bigger your fall. Man, God has been dealing with my character for so many years. He dealt with it today. God wants you to be the best you. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan, right? Joseph's in place now. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. So Joseph is in Egypt, and Jacob and the rest of the family, Jacob and the, the other brothers, the other 11 sons, the brothers of Joseph, they are in Canaan, right? Modern-day Israel. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt. Look at how God's working the situation out. So he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. That's good. The second time they went, you gotta, you got to read this story again. Also, um, years ago, I don't know if they've done a new one, TNT did a really good movie about Joseph. Y'all remember that? It was on VHS. I think it was in the late 90s. Very good. He kind of had sh- kind of short, longish, wavy hair, kind of a nice-looking fellow. Very, very interesting movie, very long. And Potiphar was Ben Kingsley. He looked like Potiphar, so that's pretty cool. So check out that movie sometime. I don't know if you, where you can stream it. We had it on VHS. We even showed it here on a Sunday night one time. Pretty cool. So the second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Oh, by the way, it's me, the guy you sold into slavery, and now, as you can see, I rule over Egypt under Pharaoh. Let me go introduce you to the, to the ruler of the, you know, the modern world. <laughs> wow. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob. Remember pop quiz what was Jacob's name changed to all right God bless you gold star the rest of you get a green star because I know you were going to say that but you were just Pastor Coy says hey <laughs> I tell my wife this too sometimes Pastor Coy says you know you're a little slow but you're worth waiting on <laughs> I tell my wife that too. I procrastinate sometimes. I'm like, baby, I'm a little slow, but I'm worth waiting on. So Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there as did our ancestors, Stephen says. He's headed somewhere. He say, he's just giving a history lesson. No, he's making a point. Their bodies were taken to Shechem, and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamor's sons in Shechem. Or you could say it real American, say Shechem. All right? Next verse. Shechem just sounds, I don't know, irreverent. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. Man, they were in a real modern society. Scriptural, uh, scripture says they were eating garlic and onions. I don't know. I guess that makes people strong. It does, right? And keeps away vampires. Don't you be watching those movies. It's, a lot of them are demonic. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. A new king came. This king, or Pharaoh, exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents, look at this, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. That sounds like abortion to me, almost. Huh. 
At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months, secretly, right? When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. You remember that story? Moses' older sister and mom put him in a basket, put him to float in the Nile River. Very fortuitous, right? He was floating toward Pharaoh's daughter. Maybe she didn't have no kids. We don't know the story of that. But she saw that baby and said, oh, it's one of the Hebrew children, quick. And then very uh, fortunately, right, great plan on the banks of the river is Miriam, I guess, Moses' sister. And she says, I can find a nurse for him to take care of him. So she took the baby. Yes, go and I'll pay you, right? Took the baby back to his mama and she was able to raise him for a time. But Moses was brought up in Pharaoh's courts. He was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful. This is interesting, in both speech and action. Interesting, though, Scripture says that Moses stuttered. I think, you say, man, Scripture's contradictory. No, Scripture gives you different shades of meanings of things. I believe that means that what he said happened. I don't believe he had to talk much past his stuttering to go, kill him. And they did it. Or bring him. You know, he was in Pharaoh's family. He was treated as a son or grandson of Pharaoh. So he was powerful in, in speech and in deed. Some historians believe Moses was the general of the armies of Egypt. It would be hard to prove that, but maybe he was. I don't know. Because Scripture says he was well respected. He was looked up to in Egypt. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He was raised knowing who his people were. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. I need to stop there. I just realized we're running out of time. Does anyone have questions tonight? I know you don't. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the giving of your word, but more importantly, God, I thank you for the receiving of your word tonight. I believe your word fell on good ground. Say, man, it's just a history lesson. No, it's a lesson in church history. Beyond that, it's a lesson in faith history, God. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. I break every attack of the enemy once again. I thank you because your hand is upon us tonight. Everybody in the house and on the live stream, repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me. Forgive me. I'm your child. I believe Jesus died and rose again. Lord, help me fill in the gaps by your Spirit where I've come up short. I need you. Say it again. Say, I need you. Say, I can't live without you. I believe your word, and I love you. Thank you for your blessing. Say it. Say, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your promises. I thank you for the opportunity to believe in the one true God. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No matter what the enemy forms against you, you say, man, some of those were my mistakes. That's all right. Nothing formed against you will prosper. You're going to make it. You're going to come through this. Whatever it is, you're going to come through. 